How many meetings are in your calendar for next week? Count them. Go ahead. I'll wait. Now tally up all the minutes you'll spend in those meetings. Remind yourself what your hourly rate is. Are those meetings really worth your time? Welcome back to Why Are We Shouting? With me, Jill Salzman, here to help entrepreneurs get down to business. I want to talk to you about small business blunders, ways that entrepreneurs shine, and valuable lessons about growing your biz. Why? Because I run the number one platform that helps mom entrepreneurs to build better businesses. It's called The Founding Moms. And we're always looking for women who want to get better at marketing, branding, and sales. It's a really awesome place. You can see it for yourself at foundingmoms.com. This week, we're going to shake things up with my running commentary on meetings and why we need to be scheduling less of them. If you believe that it's good for your business when you're involved in a lot of meetings, well, it's not. We have too many meetings on our calendars. There, I said it. I see people on the social meets talking all the time about how we're all meeting too much, how we need to be paying attention to our boundaries. Self-care, they shout from the rooftops. Harvard Business Review tells us that about 70% of all meetings keep folks from actually working. Forbes' George Deebs proclaims that too many meetings suffocate morale and productivity. Other studies suggest that if you have meetings with nine or more people, the number of connections between individuals becomes too great, and we humans struggle to cope with this much complexity. So then why are we meeting so much? Hmm. I don't really know. Oh, no. But I do know that it wound its way into corporate culture, and then it got smeared all over the entrepreneurial landscape so that we could prove ourselves. The trickle-down effect prohibited founders who set up their own businesses to alleviate calendar lockdown. Somehow, though, almost all the entrepreneurs that I know are meeting and meeting and meeting some more. In late 2011, I hired an operations consultant to help me with the structure of my business. I walked her through the different independent contractors who help make the founding moms, as an organization, really sing. I loved working with my team, I told her, and I have wonderful relationships with each and every one of them. So when do you host your company-wide all-hands meetings, she asked me. Um. I don't? Uh-oh! She could tell, over Zoom, that I went red. Over a decade of running my business, and I couldn't answer this simple, now extremely obvious question. As she shook her head in judgment, I felt pretty ashamed. If you don't host all-hands meetings, do you hold weekly meetings with each of your contractors to make sure that they're staying on task? I shook my head slowly. I explained that we communicated through Slack, a platform that worked well for us, or so I thought, until I talked to my new operations hire. She proceeded to walk me through how things should be working. At least once a month, I was going to have an all-hands meeting with everyone because, as it was explained to me, that's what the people in charge do when they run a company. Then, 
I'd create weekly check-ins with each of my contractors. I had some curious thoughts. After running a business for over 10 years that's still standing, how come what we were doing wasn't working? I mean, I did hire her to help our operations run more smoothly, but how was this gonna help? I can't see it, but that's why she's the expert. But since Slack has gorgeous voice messaging and video features, why would we have to meet in real time? I kept all of it to myself. I mean, if I wanted operations to improve and the operations expert knew what she was doing, then there was no questioning her recommendations. I opened my calendar. I tried to find eight hours in my week, eight to do the one-on-ones with each contractor, so this didn't even account for the monthly all-hands meeting I was going to host. Oh, and this didn't include the time I spent meeting with my new operations expert. So I was now stuck to my seat for an extra 10 hours a week. No, God, please, no! And then it began. My team was wonderful adjusting to these changes, showing up to every meeting, spending a few minutes having conversational banter, waste of time, sharing what was new that I needed to know, which was barely anything since we'd last spoken, waste of time, and then sending them off with well wishes, waste of time. Dear listener, it's with a heavy heart that I report to you. I did this for a year. A whole year. Not only were the meetings a massive waste of everyone's time, nor did we accomplish more than we would have otherwise, but there was a new why are we doing this vibe with my already well-oiled machine of a team. It irritated a number of them because the assumption was that I didn't trust them now, so I needed to check on them. And it aggravated me to no end, having to be attached to my chair constantly to make face with folks that could have been working on the things that I was checking in on them about. It was only when I quit my operations expert that I quit my weekly festival of meetings. And it was only after all of that was gone that I realized how much freedom I had lost to build creatively and focus on the things I needed to focus on rather than put on an air of importance while I held unnecessary meetings that could have been accomplished by way of video messages, voice messages, and emails. Don't get me wrong. I love seeing my team's faces. And I do. Through video. This has even leaked over to my outside meetings. When folks now ask me to get together, if I know the meeting will be spent in small talk 50% of the time, I don't even take it. I just ask via email what they want to discuss, and we resolve it immediately so there's no call necessary. What's the big takeaway here? It's not to skip your meetings. You already know to do that. The big lesson here is recognizing that even though I've come really far in entrepreneurship, I'm really slow to trust that I know what I'm doing. I tuck my intuition away and set aside my own desires for my wildly valuable, very precious time in an effort to do what the pros do, thinking that the operations expert I hired knew more than I did. No one knows what you need better than you. No one, and I repeat, no one knows what's best for you and your time and your calendar more than you. What my expert recommended to me worked for her, and that's lovely. But I didn't trust that we weren't aligned in that area. And that minor miscalculation on my part 
ended up being a really big deal. As I always tell my kids, trust your gut. There's no better, clearer, or stronger voice that you have in business. You don't call. You don't write. Do both. Text or call me at 708-872-7878 and leave me a message there so that I can talk to you in a future episode. Then go to ratethispodcast.com slash why are we shouting and leave a review. Please. It helps other listeners discover these stories so that they can build better businesses. Shout out to Lindsay, Aaron, and my team for relentlessly meeting with me and for making this podcast with me. And hey, thanks to you for listening. I'll see you next week. Bye.